It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Parkinson. And I'm Stacy Trisenkos. Welcome to Tuesday of the first week of Advent. This is November 29th. And it is our 50th episode of season two. Thank you for joining the Stacy and Stacy podcast and going through scripture and tradition with us every morning. We are moving into the next part of the catechism today after Stacy Farquharson um, finishes <laughs> talking about uh, the scripture readings for today, Tuesday of the first week of Advent. We're going into the next part of the catechism that is called chapter three, man's response to God. Mm. And article one gets into what it means to say, I believe. So the catechism here starts going through the creed. And we start with what does it mean to believe? And uh, Mm. I love that topic because as a scientist, Mm. I was like, yeah, what does it mean to believe? (laughs) Like Mm. it was really hard for me to make conclusions that didn't rest on empirical evidence that I could test for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had to do a lot of thinking about what it means to believe. And the catechism gives us some instruction there. But first, over to you, Stacey, to start us off properly with prayer and um, reading the scriptures for today. Okay. All right. Well, let's get started. We're going to pray St. Augustine's prayer again this morning that I love so much. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, let your scriptures be our chaste delight. Perfect us and reveal those pages to us. Your voice is our joy. Give us what we love. May the inner secrets of your words be laid open to us when we knock. We beg you, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These are the treasures we seek in your books. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so today, a little little something extra. As you know, we get our daily readings from the um, usccb.org site, which is the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And if you sign up, you can get the email every morning to read the daily readings also. But as I was kind of looking through this website, which it's great, I encourage you to get on there and explore. There is a section, a Q&A section, and there's a, several questions that I thought maybe we would um, discuss briefly. The first ones are regarding scripture during mass. So the first scripture is, do we read from the Bible at mass? Well, yes and no. I mean, scripture is very important. It's it's a primary, very, very important part of Mass. It's sprinkled throughout the entire Mass. Um, when I first became, uh, or when I first went to Mass, one of my very first times, 
the the one part that jumped out the most is when everybody said in unison, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, my soul shall be uh, healed. That that was my favorite part because it was something yeah. that I recognized. It was scripture. Mm. Um, reading scripture is the liturgy of the word, and it consists of at least two readings, one of which is always from the gospel. There is a responsorial psalm or canticle, which it can be read or sung. And there are three readings on Sundays and solemnities. And these readings are typically read from a lectionary, not a Bible, though the lectionary is taken from the Bible. So yes and no, we read scripture from the Bible, but it is taken from a lectionary mm -hmm. and the lectionary gets its scripture from the Bible. <laughs> So, Stacy, do you want to add to that? Well, I love the next. Yeah. And because because I that's one of the things that you're just like, you're a new Catholic. You're sitting there in mass and and you don't know these things. Even lectionary. When somebody said that word, I'm, I wasn't sure what that meant. Like like you're reading from the Bible, but sometimes it'll be a different translation. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and that would confuse me. But, yeah, there's a lectionary there that is opened up. And if you're the one doing the readings, you hope, like everything, that someone has opened that <laughs> lectionary up to the right page. Um, right, right. And that's always something I'm, I'm scared about. I always go up and look before Mass starts if I'm reading to make sure that that I'm going to read the right readings because I don't want to do it wrong during Mass, which would horrify me. <laughs> I get very nervous about doing that. But the le the lectionary. So what the next question down? Um, and I love these questions, Stacy. Thank you for finding them. I'm going to put a link to them. What's the difference between a Bible and a lectionary? Well, a lectionary just has the readings and responsorial psalms organized. It's the ones that are assigned for the year. So it's not going to be, although it's the same scriptures, it's not in the same order that you would find in the Bible. It's ordered by the days of the year, Sundays, weekdays, special occasions, and the readings are divided up. So there's even special readings for baptisms, marriages, vocations. So it's not ordered according to the books of the Bible. It's ordered according to the mass and the days of the year. That's the mm -hmm. only difference. Um, right. Individual readings in the lectionary are called what? What's the word? I don't know. I don't even know this word. They're called pericopes. I have never mm. heard that word. Individual readings in the lectionary. So next time you're going to do the reading at mass, you go ask the deacon or the priest and say, which pericope are we doing today? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you'll sound fancy like a good Catholic. Um, but it's a Greek word meaning a section or cutting. Mass readings are only a portion of the book or chapter introductory phrases, insipids. Those are the introductory phrases that we have in the responsorial psalm. They're added to begin the lectionary reading. Um, like a lot of them start off in those days. I've noticed that because uh, when I listen to the readings in Spanish, I can always tell that first part. In those days, in Estos yeah. um, I can always tell that part. So that's that's just a little bit of Catholic trivia from questions, frequently yeah. asked questions about the Bible. Right, right. And I know when Thank I first you. came into the, the church, I had heard that Catholics didn't read the Bible. That is so not true. Like I said, yes. it is sprinkled all through the mass. I mean, they encourage you. And just like you said yesterday, Stacey, from the um, catechism, I mean, scripture is a huge part. I mean, that's the whole first part of the catechism yeah. that we've gone through has been all about scripture and encouraging us in scripture. 
to read yep. scripture. So, okay. So as we do every day, grab a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, a soda, whatever you like, get your Bible and spend some time with the Lord today. Yes. So today we are going to be discussing the gospel reading, which is found in the book of Luke in the New Testament. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I give you praise, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Turning to the disciples in private, he said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I say to you, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Okay. Have you ever read the Bible and nothing really spoke to you? <laughs> I mean, it's not like the Bible is not every, every scripture, every word is powerful and there's a purpose behind it and it's good. But sometimes we read it and it just doesn't, like I usually say, oh, this jumped out at me. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Well, that was kind of one of those days today. Nothing really spoke, nothing really jumped out. So when that happens, and it does happen, when that happens, I usually back up a little bit. So that's what I did. So let's see what we see here. Let's back up to the first of this chapter because the scriptures that we just read were scriptures 21 through 24. So let's just back up to the beginning of chapter 10. Luke verse uh, chapter 10 verse 1 says after this. Well, I stopped right there. <laughs> after what? <laughs> so you know what? Let's back up a little bit further. <laughs> I'm just kind of telling you what I did here. I'm like, wait a minute. After what? <laughs> You're like, nope, God, not, not, not speaking to me. <laughs> so we went back. So I went back to chapter nine. And this is where I started reading and started thinking about things. Okay. So in chapter nine, it says, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. It says, then Jesus called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He said to them, take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, bread, money, not even an extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Wherever they, go, where, wherever they do not welcome you. As you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. So they departed yeah. and went to the <laughs> villages, bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. So Jesus said, hey, guys, shake the dust off your feet and move on when you're not received. Now, he didn't say engage. He didn't say fight with them. He didn't say be a spoon and stir up trouble. He said he didn't say get snarky with them. He just says, hey, move on. Now, later on in the same chapter, when the time for Jesus to be taken up was nearing, he also wanted to go to Jerusalem. So he sends out a couple of messengers ahead of him to prepare the way. And guess what? When they entered to a certain uh, village, they were not received. And it says, James and John wanted to command fire, rain down from heaven and consume them. They're like, hey, Lord, do we just pray that fire rain down and consume them? 
And Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, no, no. (laughs) So they went on to another village. I mean, I can just hear Jesus saying, good night, Almighty God. (laughs) Didn't you hear me say, shake the dust off your feet, not kill them. I mean, Jesus' heart is like, there's a chance that they may turn to me. There's a chance. It's my will that none should perish, but all should come to me. So there's the chance that they're going to come down. <laughs> not if you rain fire down on them, but just shake the dust off your feet and keep on moving. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when I read, read that scripture, I chuckle because I can just imagine <laughs> Jesus chuckling and just shaking his head to them like, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> but anyway, after they left that village, so they're walking along a road, the, the road, and someone says to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus says to him, okay, this is not a road of luxury and comfort. I mean, I don't spend the night in five-star hotels. Jesus says to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. I feel like Jesus is saying, hey, are you ready for this? Consider the cost. When Jesus says to someone, okay, so now the next person, Jesus says to someone, you follow me. And they replied, okay, but I need to go bury my father. And then Jesus says, well, let the dead bury the dead and you proclaim the kingdom of God. I know we've all read that scripture. And when I first Mm -hmm. read that, it kind of sounds harsh, right? I've always thought, well, so the poor guy's dad just died and Jesus won't let him go to the funeral. but As I read it this time, it was like, okay, what if the father wasn't dead yet? What if this guy wanted to spend more time with his family? What if he was really saying, okay, Jesus, but not yet. I will after my father passes. I will after I bury him. I will after I've spent Mm -hmm. some time to grieve him. When I'm ready, I'll follow you. Or what if he thought his dad needed caring for and he didn't feel like it was a good time. So he said, no, this isn't the right time, Lord. I'll have to do it later. Or what if he wanted to make sure that when his dad did die, he got the inheritance and that his other family members didn't run off with it while he was following Jesus? Again, Mm -hmm. in scripture, we're only given so much, right? I mean, we just have to kind of think about it. What if Jesus was saying to him, trust me? You know, Jesus Mm -hmm. knows their hearts, right? And he knows our hearts. So what if Jesus was saying, trust me? You go proclaim my kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you. Mm -hmm. Walk away from those who are dead in their sins. Those who won't Mm -hmm. receive me, let them bury their own dead. Shake the dust off your feet and you go proclaim the kingdom of God. Trust me to take care of your needs. Anyway, something to ponder there. Mm -hmm. Then there's a third person along this journey, this road. And he says to Jesus, I will follow you but I just need to say goodbye to those at home. And Jesus responds to this one by saying, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, well, then this one kind of gave me a little heart stab because I feel like I've done this before. I want to, Lord, but I gotta, not yet, not now, when I get married, after I have another baby, after we buy a house, when I retire, when the kids go off to college. I mean, we can always find excuses, but what if Jesus is saying, I know it's not always comfortable, but I want you to step out of your comfort zone and trust me. I will provide. I am your inheritance. 
I want you to be steadfast. Jump in with both feet. Don't look back. Make a commitment. Stick with it because I need to know I can count on you. We are to be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord because we know that in the Lord, our labor is not in vain. The Bible tells us the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the whole earth to strengthen the hearts of those who are totally committed to God. So, after these conversations, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town. So he sent them out in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. So they're going out before him. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he gives them the same instructions as he gives the twelve. Shake the dust off your feet and move on when you're not received. And then when the 70 came back, I mean, they came back doing a happy dance because it says the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So those are the scriptures that lead up to today's reading. Jesus got excited when the 70 came back. He praised God. He thanked his father, the Lord of heaven and earth. I love that when Jesus prays, he, he says, thank you, father, the Lord of heaven and earth. He says, thank you for using infants. These 70, they were just willing. He calls them infants. They were young in the faith, but they were willing to go. Again, God doesn't always call the equipped. He equips the called. We've said that before, but it rings true. The ones who are committed, steadfast, devoted, those who have faith like children, those who hunger and thirst for him, those who say, here I am, Lord, send me, those who choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Then he tells the, the other disciples, the 12 disciples, he tells them privately, like a little excited whisper among friends. I can just see him leaning over to them, kind of putting his hand on one of their shoulders and just saying, hey, <laughs> guys, you guys are so blessed. Mm. Y'all are so blessed at what y'all are getting to see and what you're getting to experience. Walking with me, hearing me, sitting with me. Prophets and kings wish to see this and they, they missed out. They didn't get to see it. They didn't get to see the fulfillment of their prophecies. But you guys do. What a blessing to see the Lord and to hear from him. And I feel like that's my takeaway from these scriptures. Lord, I want to see you. I want to hear you. 
So again, we pray, Lord, please open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see you. Help us to hear you. Thank you for that context, Stacey. That's just, I mean, that does that does speak to us today because I was thinking about, I mean, all glory to God. I'm not bragging on me and my husband, but but when we decided to do Children of God for Life, it it was so scary. It, it was literally like holding hands and jumping mm -hmm. off the cliff, taking a leap of faith because it seemed crazy. You know, we're not going to have salaries. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to really be retired and um, we're going to fight this issue. And I'm just telling people that because if God's calling you to do something that sounds so crazy, like, you know, don't go bury your dad, just come with me. Yeah. If, if you're feeling called and you'll know it, like, how do you know if you're being called? Because the thought will invade your mind every second of the day and you won't be able to think about anything else. Yeah. And you'll have this great unrest, this discord, this you'll, you'll feel called. You'll, you'll yeah. feel like something's pulling you in that direction and you, you got to make the decision. And with some dread, with some fear and trembling, because Jose and I could see the decision that we were going to have to make. And we're like, uh-uh, get out of town, God. Surely that's not what you're asking us to do. Um, <laughs> and we, but we did it. And if you are called by God to do something radical, and if you pray, God, use me, I'm here, I'm all in, give me the grace to do your will, get ready because God will put you on a roller coaster ride. And you'll you'll see that there are decisions you're going to have to make and it'll be scary. And I'm saying this because mm -hmm. do it because you yeah. will be taken to places in your life that you never would have seen coming. God has something so beautiful, so good. And it becomes a blessing when you follow God's will for your life, even when it sounds absolutely crazy. Um, you'll look yeah. back and yeah. say, oh, I get it. I get it now, God. I get it. Uh, we so many times that's happened to us. So, um, yes, do what Jesus tells you. Yes. Well, thank you for I love how you just back up and get the full story there, Stacy, because that does add a lot to the reading just for today to know what's going on with Jesus. <laughs> And I, I love Jesus, according to Stacy. <laughs> Good night, buddy. <laughs> totally can see Jesus saying that. You need, you need to go work with the chosen crew and give them some, <laughs> give them some feedback. Oh. oh goodness! Oh, funny, funny. Okay, but thank you. And now let's move on to. So we've had questions about the Bible. We've had our reading. We've had prayer. The only thing we have left to do now is talk about the catechism. Yes. So we're on page 39. There's a link in the show notes. It should take you right to page 39. And this is chapter three. So I don't always go through all of it, but we're in part one, the profession of faith. We just, and, and we're still in, um, See, I get lost here. We're still in section one. I believe we believe we went through man's capacity for God in chapter one of section one of part one. And we went through <laughs> chapter two of section one of part one. And um, now we are in chapter three of section one. I believe we believe of part one, the profession of faith. Now we're in chapter three. 
And chapter three is called man's response to God. And I always feel compelled to say, like, I'm totally not a feminist. It's just that I feel a little weird saying man's response to God, knowing it's talking about women too. (laughs) So just in case you're wondering, it's not just for men. It's, it means humans, um, people, our (laughs) mankind, our response to God. So ladies, in case you're wondering at all, that that's just for the men. No, it's for all of us. <laughs> Does anybody even think that or am I just weird? <laughs> it's, it's for all of us. <laughs> it's for all of us. It's part of this like gender confusion of our day. Like, I'm like, come on. It just needs to say humans response to God because somebody's going to read that and make an issue of it. I'm yeah. always afraid like some, <laughs> some troublemakers going to make it. Pro- anyway, all of us. Um, for us men and for our salvation, it means all of us, man's response to God, all of us. So what is our human response to God? It gets into, to obedience and faith. And these are, these are some words that get used a lot, especially during Advent. We're like, do you know, do you believe in Santa Claus? Do you, do you believe in God and in Christ and talking about what it means to have faith and the catechism gets into this here in chapter three. So what is revelation 142 in the catechism on page 39? It says by his revelation, the invisible God from the fullness of his love addresses men as his friends and moves among them. And you, you saw that when the reading Stacy was just doing mm-hmm. in order to invite and receive them into his own company. That comes also from Dave Verbum, but also from a whole lot of scripture. And there's a lot of scripture referenced with that in the catechism. The adequate response to this invitation is what? It's faith. Hmm. By, by his revelation. So God told us something in his revelation. And the adequate response is to accept it. God said it in, in his word. And we say, okay, God, you said it. I believe it. Because if you can't believe in the testimony of God himself, then what in the world can you believe in? Mm-hmm. So so faith is very reasonable because it's God telling us something, divine revelation and scripture. 143 says, by faith, man completely submits his intellect and his will to God. With his whole being, man gives his assent to God, the revealer. Sacred scripture calls this man, this human, now it says human, and I changed it to man. <laughs> Sacred scripture calls this human response to God, the author of Revelation, in quotes, the obedience of faith. Mm. Okay, so what does that mean? Submit your intellect and your will to God. That's that's who we are. And I didn't, I know people that grow up Catholic, they know this like the back of their hand, but when you don't grow up Catholic, when you don't realize this, when you're a chemist like I was, and all you really think about are atoms and molecules, that is pretty revolutionary. So, and I remember the day I'm like, okay, I grant intellectual assent of my will to God. It's a choice to believe. Mm Mm-hmm. There's only so much sitting and thinking you can do. And we do need to think and reason. Reason and faith both go together. Two two wings on the eagle. Eagles can't fly if they just have one wing. So you need reason and faith both. But you do have to have faith. And that's what we were talking about before, like in the reading that you were doing, Stacy, with scripture. Every day you have to say, God, grant me the grace to do your will. Mm-hmm. I, I tr- I'm going to, I don't just believe in you. I don't just 
believe in the things you said in scripture. I don't just believe in the teachings of your church, the Catholic church. I believe in you right now today and where you're going to take me. I'm all in. Take me there. I believe. And that's the obedience of faith. So in 144, and this is the last part I'm going to read today, because tomorrow it gets into Abraham, the father of all who believe. We'll talk about Abraham's faith. Mm. But but to obey comes from the Latin O-B-A-U-D-I-R-E, ob-audire, to hear or listen. So to obey means to hear God or to listen. Just like, Stacey, you demonstrate that so well. You're like, okay, I read this, not speaking to me. <laughs> and you didn't just close your Bible and walk away. You, you backed up and you're like, nope, still not speaking. But, but you were being obedient because <laughs> you were trying to hear and listen. You were obeying in faith to submit freely to the word that has been heard because its truth is guaranteed by God, who is capital T truth itself. Um, and Abraham mm -hmm. is the model of such obedience offered to us in the Old Testament sacred scripture. The Virgin Mary is its most perfect embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had seen this in the catechism when we were doing our talk in Van Gore, Maine the other yeah. day. Because we did a section on Mary's blind obedience. And I'll put a link to an article I wrote some time ago for the Catholic East Texas here in our diocese. That floored me talking about blind obedience. Because I remember when I read that as one of Mary's 10 virtues. I mean, the other ones are, are pretty easy to, to get. Deep humility, lively faith, unceasing prayer, constant self-denial, surpassing purity, ardent love, heroic patience angelic kindness and heavenly wisdom. Those are all her, her virtues, but blind obedience is one of them. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even, I thought you were supposed to, you know, study the faith and not just go blindly. You're not supposed to blindly have faith in other people all the time. Maybe. I mean, there's times when I, I do blindly just trust my husband because I know him so well. And I, I know whatever he says mm -hmm. is going to be good for me. I trust him. I've learned to trust him. I've learned through reason that it's reasonable to grant assent of faith to my husband because I know he has my best interest at heart. I know he loves me. He's willing the good of the other mm -hmm. of me. But with God, even more so, um, we, we do need to have blind obedience. And think about Mary's blind obedience. She couldn't possibly have known everything that was going to happen. She, she was sinless. She wasn't going to sin. But she didn't know the roller coaster ride she was about to go through in her life when she said yes to God. And she said yes to him anyway. And so she is the most perfect, like the catechism says, she is the perfect embodiment of obedience, of faith. She says, God, I'm going to do what you're calling me to do. And I'm all in. So we'll get into more in the catechism about what exactly that means. But for now, I do think it's just very, very beautiful to understand that we are body and rational mm -hmm. soul. We're not just atoms and molecules. We have a soul, a spiritual component of ourselves. And that is where we have the power of intellect and free will. And we can reason that it is reasonable to have faith in God, to believe the testimony of Jesus Christ and what he tells us. And then we can say, I make a choice to grant assent to the truths of faith. I choose to believe. It's my yes to mm -hmm. God every day. So so that's yes. what belief is. And I think Advent is a beautiful time to get your head around what it means yes. to say yes to God. Give him your life.
Oh, that's perfect, Stacey. Exactly. I'm so glad we're going through this the first week of Advent. Mm -hmm. And I'm so reminded of what Mother Mary says in Scripture. She says, whatever he tells you to do, mm -hmm. do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Well, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. And th Stacy, thank you again for backing up and giving us context <laughs> in the scripture. <laughs> uh, we will see you later. I am Stacy Tresenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>